0: This is Nets and Bolts, a show for fans of hockey and especially the Tampa Bay Lightning. Hosted by Mike Gallimore. All right, so tonight I'm speaking with Matt Donders, who's a New Jersey Devils fan. I I think I can say that safely. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And uh, notably, Matt does a lot of work with well, Python is his programming language of choice. Matt, you've you've got uh, your ShotMap app and uh, the New Jersey Devils game bot, uh, which I I follow and I know when the Devils are scoring.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah. No. So, thanks for the intro. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, just like quick little background on stuff that I've written. Um, so, my ShotMap spot grew out of just. Bunch of people asking me and seeing some stuff like, you know, the, the Mikas and the, you know, visualists of the world say, you know, I was like, I could do something like that. So I started scraping up some data, seeing what I could throw together. Um, and I realized that no one really interacts with the bot, like just making requests. Cause originally it was just like, okay, you can request to see shots of people that were on the ice. And I found that no one really interacted with it. So over the summer, I was like, I can probably make this a little bit better. So what I did was I ended up, uh, you know, talking to some folks and some guy was like, hey, you you know, you can do this in Amazon's cloud. Um, So I'm always willing to hone my skills. So basically, I turned it into a every intermission, every game shop map bot. So you get to see what your team's doing, um, you know, every intermission and see kind of how they progress. Um, The reception has been a lot better than I had thought, which is nice. Um, So that's good. Um, You know, just working on some other stuff trying to do, uh, you know, like player careers, which is kind of a little bit difficult. But yeah, so and then the game bot, yeah, it's pretty fun. Um so I kind of just built it. So actually, funny story, the game bot grew out of I think 2 or 3 years ago my wife had got me um like one of those Raspberry Pi computers and I'm like, oh, man, I really wish I had something fun to do with this. So I actually went out and built a whole goal light setup, right? So basically what happened was you I plugged in like two red beacons and I hooked up my receiver to it and every time the devil scored, right, given all the internet delays, the lights would go off in my house. And I'm like, there's got to... like I mean, this is all cool, but I'm like, there's got to be something a little bit better that I can do with it. So it evolved into multiple rewrites and probably way too much of my time. Um, But yeah, so uh, kind of finishing up some stuff and hoping to make it available to anyone that wants to run it for any team, right? So I've got some interest. I know there's one for the Maple Leafs out there already. Someone wants to do one for the Preds. Um, So theoretically... Uh, you know, we can be covering all 31 teams if people have the resources to do it. So it's been fun, kind of just honing my skills. You know, coming home from work and trying to, you know, it's funny coming home from work and and working on more stuff. But I think that you know, kind of, <laughs> kind of,
0: it's a passion. And uh, no, I, I've I've uh, enjo- you know, we we interact uh, somewhat frequently on on yeah. Twitter and everything. And but it's been fun watching the evolution of your your projects and uh, over the past, you know, probably like I said, probably a year or so, or at least that I've been aware of them. And um, and seeing how like you said, you kind of shifted your your focus from a user based queries on the, uh, the shop map, and and now it's like this very dynamic. You got it running on its own. You know, it kind of it, it's intriguing because I, with my dabbling that I do, I'm I'm still stuck in the uh, I'm manually running out of the uh, command line and get, and getting my uh, charts to play during the intermissions and things like or after the game. So uh, I, I do have this ambition to try and and see you know if I can kind of you know, to introduce some of these features at some point when I'm uh, content with where I'm at in, in my in my projects, but uh, it's. It's, it's really impressive what you've been able to do. I just want to
1: let, you know. Yeah, no, thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, no one's ever really content with where they are, and that's why no, you, know, you, no, spe- no. you spend the entire summer rewriting, uh, you know, rewriting something that doesn't need to be rewritten. But, um, you know, kind of just you, you, you get your brain racked around something, and then all yeah. of a sudden you're, uh, you know, you're 3,000 new lines of code deep into something that just tweets oh, out right. updates about one single game every other day. So, um, but it's been fun.
0: The wives don't, I mean, at least my wife doesn't completely understand it, you know, she's, but uh she's like, is this, does this pay anything? No. Uh,
1: <laughs> no, right. she's just, she's just, she's so supportive when I'm like, oh, this person followed me and she's like, oh, that's cool.
0: Right. No, my my wife's beyond interest anymore. It's, you know, I think a while <laughs> ago she found it mildly amusing and now it's, all right, eh, okay, you know. Yeah, Yeah. I'm there already. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Anyhow, but, uh, you know, obviously one of the things, you know, I, I really wanted to talk about with you was, well, the New Jersey Devils, which the journey...
1: Yeah. Um It hasn't, it hasn't been the best of times. So I would say, right. So if you go back, right. So I th- obviously I think most people want to start talking around the 2012, you know, Stanley
0: cup run. Zach Parise is still a part of the team at that point, right? Uh,
1: yeah. Kobe, Parise, Henrique, like all the, all the, you know, mainstays of right. What you imagine a relatively good championship contender devils team looks like. And uh, you know, I think that's when I kind of really got like, so I've always, I've always watched hockey. It's always just been like something like I grew up on, right? Pictures of me as a little kid with my brother at the Hockey Hall of Flame. Like it's just, it's just always been ingrained in me. And then, um, I think around 2012, like obviously you, you kind of go back to a year when the team was really good and you're like, okay, that's probably about when I started paying a lot of attention to it. And it was, you know, it's always nice to pick up on when they're good. Um, but the problem is when they jump off a cliff after that, um, you know, it's it's not really it's not really the best. Um, so that that year was obviously fun. And then it was kind of all downhill from there, right? So it's funny to look back at rosters that the Devils put on the ice after that 2012 Cup run, and you're looking at names that I, you know, so like I, I can look back at older teams, right? And, you know, you look back at the rosters and you're like, I couldn't, I know 50, 60% of those guys, right? And I, it's not a team I pay attention to, but I could show you a Devils roster and I guarantee you, you know, one, maybe two names on that list. Um, So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of funny to look at it and, and say, I can't believe these are the teams that, you know, these are the players that these teams put out on the ice. But, you know, so it, it was kind of, it's kind of been interesting since then. I think that. You know the past few years, right? So with a bunch of management changes, right? So all the way up to the owners of the team, uh, you know, down to Ray Shiro and and his management. John Hines has been a mainstay for a while. Um, you know, it's just been a very interesting.
0: Is he rattling the previous uh, administration?
1: So yeah, he's been, I think he's the, he's in the top 10 of uh, longest tenured coaches. I want to say, I want to say five years if I remember off the top of my head correctly, but yeah, he's been there for a while. Um, So I want to say he came in. So right when Pete DeBoer got kicked out, you know, John Hines came in and kind of, you know, was just handed a pretty talentless roster you know and and you you start to see things and you know you see the Taylor Hall trade right and that was kind of like the thing that made you it was one for one it was one for one i have that i have that tweet <laughs> saved in my notes and i just you know once in a while i just go back and i i send i retweet and i'm like yeah that was, that was a good day but you know and it was good right it, and you kind of saw that you know maybe this is the time that they're going to turn it around and you know, last year or two years ago with the, the playoff run, Taylor Hall getting into the playoffs. And obviously, you know how that ended, at least for, for us in that round. Um, right. but you know, it's, it, it's been, it's been fun to watch, right? Like, I, I think that, you know, even though it's been relatively crappy for lack of a better term for the past, you know, five, six years, I think that you kind of see progress being made. You know, obviously, you know, Taylor Hall is the uh, lottery magician. So you end up with, you know, Nico Heischer and you end up with Jack Hughes and, you know, hopefully, you know, obviously Ty Smith got sent back down, but um, you kind of look forward to the future and you say, you know, we have, you know, a team down in Binghamton that can promise, you know, it looks good, right? Like you don't have to worry about, you know, having to trade for all-stars at the deadline or having to go out into free agency and, and overpaying for people. So it, it's kind of in a place where you're confident that the team is going to grow, um, and 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 you know it has it has its pros and cons, right? Like, so the team is is good. The team be good, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the start that they had this season isn't the most promising, but you know, and then and then people start to pick apart every other thing, right? So like, you know, you talk about the coach and you talk about lines and ice to time distribution and all that kind of stuff. Where um, you know it, it's good and bad that you know that hockey analytics are out there, right? You can take a look at. All of these little minute stats to see why is that coach playing, uh, you know, this guy uh, when the team's leading by one, you know, when they have a defensive zone start, right? And it's, it's kind of good and bad, right? Cause you could nitpick apart the coach, but you know that, um, I mean, at least, you at least have to hope that because the Devils have hired folks like, you know, Tyler Dello and Matt Kane, that the coach is not just doing this blindly, right? Like there is a method to his madness and hopefully he's being fed halfway decent. Uh, you know, information, whether it's between periods or between games and, you know, actually taking, you know, these really, really smart guys advice. I, you know, I, I don't know if John Hines has ever come out and said, you know, I trust the analytics or I trust the eye test one way or the other, but you have to assume based on people that kind of don't care about analytics, you know, and watch the eye test and say, oh, that guy shouldn't be out there. But then you look, you go, you know, kind of go deeper and you say, Yeah, and if you think about who the Devils hired, right? Like, you kind of have to take a step back and say, okay, maybe there is a reason why the ice time distribution is the way it is. But it's it's tough to say. It's tough to kind of just get your head around what's going on right now. You know, small sample size. uh, You know, players are kind of juggled around when you're losing. So, you know, Devils have been off for a week. So, hopefully, when they come back, you know,
0: they they won two in a row now. Yeah, so they won two in a row. Coming slow out of the gate. Yeah, slow
1: to the gate, right? Oh four and two is not kind of how you want to start the season. But um, you know, win against the Rangers and win against the Canucks who have I think they're like six and three. They won the past four or something like that. But I mean they're they're a really good team, and, and you can shut down folks like you know, like uh Patterson and and Bo Horvat, um, you know, and you win a one-nothing game. That's you know, it, it says something about, you know, where the team is today, right? Like and you watch their defensive play and you watch um you know, how they battle along the sideboards and, and the power play is finally clicking and the penalty kill is better than it was. So I, I, you know, we can all be hopeful that once they come out of this little break and, you know, I know they play Arizona and then they play the Lightning, but, um, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how they adapt to, you know, a lot of these younger kids. And, you know, there's a lot of, obviously there's a lot of questions up in the air specifically around, you know, what Taylor Hall is going to do in the future. So I think it's just going to be it, it should it should be a very interesting season, um, you know, because I, I think that unfortunately and luckily, we you know the Devils are a relatively small market team, so you know it, the questions about Taylor Hall are only kind of like you know they're not as big as they could be if he was playing for the Rangers or the Maple Leafs or you know right. some not, other not large quite a distraction yet. Yeah, right. But as you as you approach the trade deadline, um, you know you only have to assume that if the Devils are not a playoff team and you know. But and then, you know, I've talked to some folks and they're like, do you really want to spend 11 million dollars on Taylor Hall? Right. And it's you know, you're you're approaching that question like, what do I do in two, three years? Like, how, do I want to have his 11 million dollar contract on the book with his you know potential knee injury and his age right. and all this stuff? So, um, you know, it, it's funny you go from will Taylor Hall sign to do I really want to sign Taylor Hall? And I know that's like a very ridiculous question to even utter. But you know he he's twenty eight, right? Like, I mean, how much time does he have left on, you know, whatever is bothering him with his knee that no one seems to be talking about? So
0: well, I'm sure it's sticking in the minds of a lot of people. I mean, you know, the the, the season two what, two years ago, two seasons yeah. ago, uh, where he carried the the Devils on his back, yeah, and, and into the playoffs against the Lightning, and I mean, it was just an incredible. One man show almost a at the time. And there was, I mean, some supporting cast, obviously, but yeah. it was really, I mean, if we, if we want to be honest, I mean, that, that doesn't happen without yeah. an incredible season from, from Taylor Hall. So I'm sure to some people, uh, the question of, you know, even debating whether to resign him or not, to, to attempt to resign him is ludicrous because yeah. that's sticking, uh, you know, in, in their minds. But there are some, you know, arguably legitimate, you know, legitimate concerns. Uh, I, I think you pointed out, obviously, the, the knee concerns, the, the injury there, the injury history. And then just the fact that, you know, you're, given his age, two, three seasons from now, where the team's going to be at, you know, the entry-level contracts are going to transfer over. And, yep. yeah, I mean, it is not necessarily a cut-and-dried, for sure, let, let's just pay, you know, or uh, give him a blank check, you know. Um, but, I mean, you know, I, I'm sure that's sticking in their minds. I did want to kind of dial it back a little bit, though, because you brought up uh, with Hines that, you know, people may trying to dissect uh, his, his coaching or whatever, but... Yep. You know, there was an interesting move just recently, wasn't there, where uh, one of the uh, assistant general manager yes. is, is uh, taking behind on the bench. coaching duties? So that brings up some questions, right?
1: Yeah. So it it's very interesting to kind of take a step back and say, what does Ray Shiro think when he puts his assistant general manager behind the bench? And like Tom Fitzgerald, he's not a nobody, right? He has coaching experience. Obviously, you know, him and, him and Ray have some experience together. And you kind of wonder, is this just a, I'm watching you? Is this, does John Hines not connect with the players? Is it, you know, it's a myriad of things. And is it just, he needs a different perspective of what can be done if somebody else is behind the bench with him? You know, every Devils fan will remember when, uh, you know, there were, like Lou Lamorello was sitting behind the bench and like, you know, there, you don't want, you don't want not coaches behind the bench. Right. And, and, you know, I know the popular opinion right now is fire John Hines. Right. Like, but I, I, my personal opinion is that there are assistant coaches that need to be let go first. If, if you're talking about making a change in coaching, um, I think that you're looking at assistant coaches and, you know, you're looking at before, before you're talking about, you know, Firing Hines, but um, you know, I I'm on the per- I'm of the personal opinion that right now a six game sample, given what he can produce, um, you know, is small. Um, so I do think that there probably is some time limit or at least date that Ray Shiro has circled on his calendar where he says if, if the team doesn't approve, yeah. yeah, we have to come back and say, okay, look, you know, this is not working out. But the other problem is, what do you do, right? Like, so John Hines gets fired. There is not a there's no openings in the league where you can bring on somebody that you know, would fit what you're trying to do. Right. Um, You know, so like a, a lot of people have thrown around Bruce Boudreau's name if the wild were to let him go. And, you know, that's a really good fit for the devils. But, you know, right now, currently he's still the head coach of the wild. Right. So, right. you know, the real question is, okay, fine. You want to fire John Heinz, go ahead. But,
0: you're putting an in, interim coach.
1: You know? Yeah, like what are you going to do, right? Like, I mean, their assistant coaches really don't have head coaching experience, um, you know. And I know that you know Alain Nazardine, who's been the assistant coach for quite a while, but like, I I don't know if you trust him, you know, uh, behind the bench to be the head coach and running practices and all that stuff. So, it's a very interesting predicament to be in. I think that you know, while it's it's silly to say, I think that you know the success of the season may kind of you know play out where he goes right like i know sometimes that a team can have a really good season but they feel like they could have been better and they still like you know relieve right. the coach of his duties but you know I, I think that if come like let's say the all-star break if um you know if Hines if there's they're still in the losing column i think you know you may just you know let go of heinz just just for the sake of it, I mean, we've seen, you know, I, I kind of think that, like, I mean, it was amazing to watch what the Blues did, but you know, you have to wonder: is everybody going to ho- hope that they can do the same thing, right? Fire the coach, be in last place, and then turn around and win the cup? But yeah, you know, it's interesting to see. I, I think that, you know, like, like I said, what do you do if and when? Um, so it, it's very interesting to take a step back, and I, you know, I would not want to be Ray Shiro right now.
0: I mean, in in your mind, what is a six? I mean, is can this team have a successful season and yet not make the playoffs? I mean, would would getting on the cusp be a, a step in the right dire- direction if you're in your mind, if you're Ray Shero, uh, trying to evaluate this team?
1: Yeah, so so I do. right? So I think that um, my, my personal opinion is the way that the the roster is put together and the ELCs that are on the books, I think that you can have a successful season and not make the playoffs. Now, a lot of people will disagree with me because they'll say if you don't make the playoffs, Taylor Hall goes but you have to wonder right like i mentioned before is that okay for the long run of the team right like if you if you're if you're going to believe in and not that taylor hall's old right but if you're going to believe in the young kids that are up and coming right and and you watch the the people that are on this team the the age i think the devils have dropped in in median age per team but if you watch the young kids and you believe that the youth of this team is the future then you say okay you know we cannot make the playoffs this year you know figure out what our contract situation looks like you still have elcs to to burn And you let Taylor Hall go and you figure out what you can get from him and you can still have a successful season. Because, you know, my personal opinion is, you know, if you make the first round of the playoffs and you still get knocked out, you know, how much more successful were you if you didn't make them at all? Right. Like, you know, the the Devils won one game against the Lightning two years ago. And let me tell you something. I was in the building. It was phenomenal. You know, probably some of the coolest experience you can ever have. But... You know you go home, you're excited, and then they you know they get blown out the next game and then they lose you know a four one series. So you know, if you can't at least make it to the second round, then, you know, in my personal opinion, with the draft, like what you know, oh, playoff hockey is awesome. But what's the point, right? Like you know, if you can't make it past that first round, then you might as well just not make it at all and get a better lottery pick. Um you know, it's tough to be a salesperson at that time, right? Like, you know, how are you gonna sell tickets? How are you gonna fill the seats? You know, what do you do about people wanting to come play in New Jersey? But, you know, I do think that there's there's a, a lot of young talent where you don't have to worry about that per se. Um, You know, I, I do think that this team has the potential. I mean, the, the Metro is just, you know, the entire East is just crazy. Like how good all these teams are and, you know, all the off seasons that everybody had. And, and you know, I do think that it's possible for them to... To make it, but I don't, you know. At that point, you wonder, like, do I do I even want them to make it? Like, are they ready to be a contender? And if the answer is no, then kind of just like, oh, maybe they could skip this year and get in, and get another, you know, relatively good draft pick, get a decent return for Taylor Hall if that's the route they choose to go, and you know, just right, just trying to accelerate, try again, accelerate try
0: the uh, the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was mean, kind of because it's kind of interesting because, like, on the one hand, you want to take a uh, uh, again from an outsider's perspective here. You know, you, you, you want You want to see progress and, and your organ with your organization. And but on the other hand, you know, you maybe if you get close to the playoffs but aren't quite there, and now you're sitting in that ten to fifteen spot in the draft order, and you're outside. You know, your, your odds of, of hitting are you know it's a little bit of a educated guesswork, right? And and we right. know that the especially outside the first few picks, um, you're, you start. The, the val the pick value starts dropping precipitously. So, yeah, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. Like, you know, it's damned if you do damned, if you don't, you know, if you, right. If you exactly. Damn. Yeah. So, so it's,
1: it's very interesting. Um, I know this draft is supposed to be relatively deep. You know, but, you know, who knows, right? Like, I mean, the Devils picked six, uh, three years ago, and they ended up with Paul Zaka. Right. And, you know, I, I think that he is a player that is finally growing into his own. Um, You know, he definitely has an issue with the head coach. You know, I went, I know that, you know, they, they reported he went to see his sports psychiatrist last year and all this stuff where his head wasn't fully in the game. But I do think there is a, you know. A battle going on with him and the head coach where, you know, I I think that he thinks that he should be performing better than he is. Um, You know, and people obviously are going to compare him to draft picks around him, right? Matt Barzal was drafted after him. So, you know, but it's very interesting to watch, you know, folks like that play and, you know, figure out, you know, maybe I think it takes a different perspective to figure out if that person is successful. I think once you kind of just have enough talent where you can let them Move to the wing, right? Move off their natural center position and say, okay, maybe he, this guy can play the wing. And, and you know, who knows if that's what folks like, you know, people in the analytics community or maybe, you know, the assistant GM behind the bench can, can move and say, hey, look, you know, maybe this guy doesn't need to play center. Maybe he's better on the wing next to a skilled player that, you know, is defensive minded from the center position. I think that's kind of where... Um, you know you kind of find interesting combinations that succeed over the generic oh he was drafted a center he played a center his entire life let us he's only can play center and don't move him you know off the off the wing and I don't think his his faceoff percentage isn't like off the chart so it's not like you're losing anything by shifting him over you know to the wing so it's going to be very interesting I do think that you know I, I think that he this season is going to be a very uh, interesting way to look at it next year like so what however they perform this season is definitely going to be interesting to see how you kind of look at the future of the team right Or, or is the does the upper management of the team trust that this core is going to be the core that's going to make them a cup contender plus you know some people that obviously you're going to need to pick up in free agency you know i think a lot of it is coming down to you know are do players want to come play in new jersey and i think that PK Subban definitely helps that, right? Like, I think that was a good pickup. One for, you know, a hope that this was going to be a rebound year for him, and two, people want to play with PK, right? Like, he brings media to the team, um, you know, and it's good, right? Like, I mean, New York, New Jersey is a very a proud of a
0: trade. Man. I mean, just from yeah. a you know, looking yeah, at, just from what you know, you have the cap space, you, you give up virtually nothing because Nashville's so eager to bring in uh, Matt yeah <laughs> you know. Exactly. Like, Gave him away. His, I mean, granted, there's, you know, he, he's not a spring chicken anymore, but no. he's, he's not so old that you're going to say, "Well, he's on his last legs" either. So his contract, he's got a few more years, right?
1: Yeah, I think he had three. The Devils yeah, took yeah. on three by nine, I think, because they were. Yeah,
0: yeah, and he doesn't have a, He doesn't have. I mean, you know, we we'll, I, I kind of view the Devils in a transitional period, and mm. and who's to say that you know, a, a season or two from now, again, and depending on how things shake out, I mean, maybe that becomes, uh, an opportunity to, uh, whether you, you hold on to Subban for the entirety of the contract or not, maybe right. you eat some of that money, you move him on for an asset. I mean, there's ways yeah. to recoup what little you pay, you know, what little yeah. you pay to achieve, uh, to acquire him in the first place. Yeah.
1: Um, so I, I think it's interesting, right? Cause like, if you look, his contract comes off the books. Uh, so he signed till 21, 22 yeah. and, you know, you have to wonder, right. You know, if PK Subban is a set is a second pairing defenseman and you have built your D decor buff enough where he is a legitimate on your team, a second pairing defenseman, um, you know, and he's quarterbacking your power play. Like, you know, that should say some really good things about where your team is, right? Like if you have that ability to have him quarterback to power play and you have him as a second pairing defenseman legitimately, because you have two defensemen that are better than him. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good way. And you're, you know, you have to be in a good place for that to,
0: for that to occur. Um, yeah. Since we're talking about Subban, I mean, let's talk about this Devil's defense. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's been a patchwork approach, it seems like from afar for a few yeah. seasons. But you know, there was a again yeah, two years ago. I think it was uh, coincided with your uh, your your playoff run there or run, but here's your brief brief uh, appearance, visits, appearance, right? Well, Will Butcher came out of out of the college ranks, right? Yep, he's kind of had an interesting impact in his first couple seasons is where is he at now
1: Yeah, so um so he is a player that is good with the eye test and my opinion better from an analytics perspective um right so people expected him to be um you know coming out of college being the holy baker winner people expected him to be like a top pairing defenseman and i think that his
0: hello matt gilroy yeah (laughs) Um,
1: I think that his distribution was just not where it should have been. I think they were trying to put him in too many high pressure situations for what his style of play was um, and kind of, you know, trying to make him put him in situations where he needed to play above his pay grade, above his skill level. He has, in my personal opinion, he has been much better. Um I think that his distribution now is where it should be. He's very good on the power play. You know, if he wants to shoot, he could shoot the puck. And I think that, you know I think that coming devil's defense is kind of where you struggle right like um like you know calling it a patchwork is probably the best way to do it right so like you trade Henrik for Votnin to bring some more skill into the room and and Votnin's good right like and you're kind of trying to strengthen your decor from internally as well but you know you bring in suban and you have Andy Green who is you know uh, I he's you know, he's, he's in, uh, and I would say 36. Hard to remember a time without Andy
0: Green.
1: Yeah, you really. I mean, like, I mean, there's there's a reason that he is, um you know, he's the captain. Yeah, you know, thirty six. Uh, and look, he is. I think he, I want to say he led the league last year in penalty kill minutes. So he is a valuable asset to have on your team. But the problem is when you're putting Andy Green out as a top pairing defenseman uh that kind of concerns you right like you know you have Andy Green and Damon Severson as your top pairing defense like what is that saying about the rest of your defense um because you look around the league and you look at other teams defense that have you know like really good top pairings and you're like wow I really shouldn't have Andy Green and Damon Severson as my well Damon Severson aside because I'm a big Damon Severson fan but um you know like should Andy Green be playing top minutes and he's not lately, right? Like PK is getting 26, 27 minutes a night. Um, But, you know, it's it's very interesting to think about, like, I mean, you know, an undrafted guy comes in and has played 13 years with the devil. So it's, you know, you, you obviously keep him around because, you know, he has a lot of niche skills, but, you know, I don't, I think it's interesting when you take a step back and you go, Oh, is Andy Green a top pairing defenseman? I don't know. But, you know, I think Will Butcher is finally growing into his own. I think that, you know, I think that the devil's avoided something by not signing Kevin Shattenkirk um, you know like I, I mean I know he used to be one heck of a player but I think that you know the management said I, I you know we would rather try to get somebody younger like a will butcher than worry about having an aging Kevin Shattenkirk right and I know that um I don't know how he's doing for you is he is he performing because like, he I mean he signed what a one year with you guys?
0: Uh, one year contract. Yeah. It's a contract year for him. And uh, he, you know, he's actually had a a, a decent start. I mean, he's there. They've been, they've been trying to sort out the pairings here mm-hmm. and uh, he's been, pleased played with Hedman. Uh, he's okay. played with Coburn. Uh, he's played a little bit with McDonough um, at even strength. Uh, obviously they're Kevin Chattenkirk you think, well, you know, offensive uh, defenseman and they, right. they definitely are trying to, work out where he's going to fit ultimately on the uh, power play. And he's, he's gotten looks there. He's, uh, you know, not really leaning on him for PK time or anything like that. Mm. But, um, so he, he's actually, he's, uh, uh, he's got three goals already or uh, been, been, I think an assist, an assist or two. Um, he's, he's looked good. He's been dynamic. I, 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 you know, yeah he looks good to let, you know, the injury concerns with him, but uh, he's looked uh, healthy and that's, when he's healthy, I, I, I guess he, he can play. You know, who'd funk. But I, I can see why maybe a couple of years ago, you know, that would have, I think we were referring to the uh, the time frame when he was a free agent and ultimately signed with the Rangers, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could see why uh, there would have been concerns at that point, yeah.
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, so I, I think that uh, the Devils – Decor is where you're going to kind of try to Hope to bolster that up by You know whether it's uh, you know obviously There's really nothing you can do this year right just you Hope to get the best of the players that they can put Out this year you hope that the penalty kill can be where it was two, three years ago. You hope that the power play can kind of gel. Um, you know, I, I, my personal opinion, um, you know, the, the power play was, they went four, four games, uh, 110. I was looking at the graphic before. I think it was 110 power play minutes without it. No, that's a oh. story, but whatever, but it was some ridiculous amount of time without a power play goal to start the season. And um, mm. you know, you look at it and you go, uh, you know, you're watching the games and you're watching the games and you're like, you know, you don't want to be that shoot guy, but you're watching. And it's like the puck movement has never been good by the devils, right? You've always watched them and you watch other teams power play and the move the puck so fluidly. Like, I mean, the lightning are a perfect example of this, right? If you take, if you watch their, you know, their first power play unit, you just watch that puck movement. There is no way that a four man penalty kill unit can, you know, be successful against them. They just, they, they know how to move the puck. They know how to get it deep below the goal line. They know how to, you know, just make the proper moves to get into position. And the devils were never like that. And now, you know, you're sitting there watching the games and you're like, shoot the puck, like stop passing it. Like the puck movement has gotten so good that people don't want to shoot. They just want to get, you know, get those passes, get, get the passes across the zone or try to, try to fake somebody out. And, I think that once, you know, and it's very tough, right? There's a lot of kids trying to adjust to different ice and different playing levels, right? Like Nikita Gusev trying to come to a smaller ice, Jack Hughes playing against, you know, NHL players for the first time. Um, you know, and I think once they figure out that shooting the puck is always a good thing, um, I think you'll start to see it start to see a gel. Um, and you know, the puck movement itself, right? Like you take a step back and you say, okay, fine, they didn't score any goals, but the puck movement is, is phenomenal. And you know that they're going, if it lands on the stick the right way, you know that that shot's going to go in 99% of the time. Right. Um, you know, that's kind of where it's always a good thing, right? Where you're sitting there, you know, you, you always hate the guy at the game that's yelling shoot, but if you're watching the power play unit you know, and they're moving the puck so well that you're yelling, shoot at them. Um, you know, sometimes it's not bad to be that shoot guy.
0: <laughs> right, right. It's a good little segue here. You brought up uh, Nikita Gusev and, and you brought up uh, Jack Hughes there. And, you know, especially when it comes to to Gusev, there's a link to the uh, Lightning organization He was drafted uh, in the seventh round years ago. And uh, he was part of a deal that sent him to uh, um, was the the expansion draft with with Vegas. And the Lightning packaged him along with Jason Garrison to clear Garrison's salary. And a lot of Lightning fans were. He was like this, uh, you know, he was high scoring, high profile at that point, 24, 25 years old, whatever it was. Um, and he had he had cemented himself by that point as one of the KHL stars, uh, darlings over there. And we, you know, couldn't wait to see him you know, cross the pond. It never happened. Right. But, uh, you know, and then last year, the flirtation with his season ended and he comes over and never really ends up in a game with, with Vegas. And, uh, you know, it was, it was interesting to watch you know, or see him. Uh, the devil's strike there. I thought, you know, it's. It, with the front office there, being creative with getting Subban and then taking advantage of, of a club that was a little distressed when it came to the uh, the cap space in, in the yep. Vegas, uh, the, the Golden Knights there. Uh, you know, so all I, I mean, many of us were saying, how's, how's Gusev going <laughs> to do? So here I am asking you, how has
1: he been? So... He is, he is a phenomenal player to watch. Um, you can tell that he is going to be a very big threat in the offensive zone, yeah. but his defensive play has a lot to be desired. Um, right. and I think, I think you kind of had to know that, right? Like, I mean, obviously some, fo- some players transition from a larger, right? The larger international ice to the smaller NHL ice much better than others, but you watch for somebody that is very offensive minded. And you watch his defensive play suffer. Um, and it, it it's it, it, I mean like yeah, he is a phenomenal player to watch. He always has the right time and space, but you know he he has he hasn't been getting you know a lot of minutes, um, unfortunately, but it's it's it, it is it's it's crazy to watch his skill. Like you can tell that he like why he was the best player in the KHL, but you have to put him on a line where you know you're going to get, you know, Defense for his lack of thereof, right? I mean, if you're, I mean, I'm looking at
0: that also, be- that also becomes, you know, like if you're trying to protect him too much, you know, and then you don't right. put skill around him that he can actually do some damage with. I mean, it, it's a kind of a chicken and the egg problem.
1: Yeah. So like, I mean, if you look at, right. So, you know, if you look at Mika's graphs, just, just for the sake of, you know, talking through some visualizations and I know it's, it's only 80 minutes of ice time, but still like he is with him on defense. They're, you know, they give up 37% more shots, right? Like 37% is a lot. And, you know, you look at, you look at his offense and it's, you know, it's 43% less. So a lot of it comes down to, you know, he still needs to get used to the ice. Like you'll see. So it's, it's very interesting to watch. Like, you know, you there's always adjustment times for players on on ice size differences, but you watch it. And I guess when you're focusing on a player specifically, right, you you know somebody's currently making that adjustment and you watch them throw the puck into the defensive zone. And we know that most, not skill. I shouldn't say skilled, but most you know p- people that have played in the NHL or played on that kind of ice size for their entire life know you shoot it down the boards, you kind of try to get it in deep, you go for your change, or you kind of just dump in and chase. But he throws it to the center of the ice where my assumption is that on a larger ice surface, that room is there, right? There is less, you know, there's less bodies, there's more open space and he can just throw it to the center of the ice and chase it in. And he throws it to this, you know, he throws it into the middle of the defensive zone now and it's picked off and they're going the other way immediately. So it's very interesting to kind of watch him, um, you know, grow on this smaller ice. I think that it's something that's obviously going to, you know, you uh, it just takes time, um. But I do think that the Devils need to—I don't want to say shelter or protect—but they need to just be very careful about who they put him on a line with, right? And I think that's why when when Nico Hiser was out, right, for a few games with—I forget what he, it was—a wrist or a leg or whatever, an ankle, um—you know—and Jack Hughes was playing on the top line, I th- and you see success on that top line, right? So you see Jack Hughes between Hall and Palmieri, you wonder—is should. Jack Hughes be playing top line center and should Nico Heesher, who's phenomenal defensively, um, you know, and it's funny, you know, all the NHL put out a bunch of who's the most underrated player list today. And his name is nowhere to be found, which, you know, boggles my mind. And you look at the replies on his contract signing and people like Nico Heesher, he's only scored so many points. He's not worth seven million dollars. And, you know, anyone that's a Devils fan looks at it and goes seven million dollars for seven years. Like I would sign up for that every day of the week. So, you know, you always have to wonder, is that the right distribution? for Agusev, right? Putting him on a line with somebody who is skilled offensively, but very responsible defensively, Um, you know, and just making sure that you know, have the, you know, a proper defensive pairing on the ice that, you know, can kind of make up for his mistakes. But I do think that in due time, he will blossom to be a player that, you know, he was in the KHL, you know, it would be nice if it was this year. It, I think it'd be phenomenal if, you know, if the Devils do succeed, I think it's going to be a, a lot of it's going to be because of players that, players on this team, young players kind of blossom and grow into their own and kind of realize their potential. Um, You know, so like I mentioned, right. So, Jack Hughes is Jack Hughes, right? He's going to be your 80, 90 point scorer. Now, maybe not this year, but maybe in the future. But, you know, if you're looking at, you know, let's say Nico Hezier can get 70 points and Pavel Zaka gets moved to the wing and he finally finds it. And you have people like Gusev who can score when you need them to score. Um, you know, that's kind of where you take a step back and you go, maybe this team, even with their patchwork defense, if they can get halfway decent goaltending across the two two goalies split between Blackwood and Schneider. Maybe, maybe this is a season where they can make a relatively deep cup run because you still have ELCs on the books and you can, you know, play around with cap space and you kind of make these deals that hopefully can lead you down a space where you want to be, you know, you you're confident that if you make the playoffs, you're going to not be a first round exit. And I think um that's kind of where, where you're hoping for. Right. So, you know, like we started talking about at the beginning, right. Is this season a success if they don't make the playoffs? Sure. Um, but I, I guess my, I guess my answer to that, you know, now that we've spoken about it is I, I think if they make the playoffs, I don't think they're a first run exit. And I think that's what it comes down to, right? If they have the or skill not a, or
0: not a, a an easy yeah, uh,
1: right. Exactly. They're not, they're not like what the, how they got out two years ago. Right. So right. I think if, if they do make the playoffs and if they have enough points to kind of, you know, burst past the teams, like, you know, the Panthers and the, and the hurricanes and all the other teams that are obviously going to be, um, you know, that have been predicted to be, you know, phenomenal playoff teams that are, you know, kind of, you know, a lock to make the playoffs is, you know, you're never really a lock. But, um, you know, people are saying five out of the Atlantic and three out of the Metro. But I think if they can get past that, I think that the East and the Metro specifically are so highly skilled that if you have the ability to make the playoffs, I don't think anyone's going to fault you for going seven games in the first round or at least making it to... You know, into the second round, so I think it's definitely going to be a, uh, an interesting year. I think I think you'll have a relatively good idea by the trade deadline. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's you'll have a better idea when management decides what they're doing about you know Teller Hall. I, because because I mean, there's no way that they let him walk, right? Like I mean, you know, we we we've seen what happens. That there is no way that this management is letting Teller Hall go to unrestricted free agency. There's there's no way they would be. You know they would be the laughing stock of of the NHL if they let you know that player walk like that. They, so.
0: They, so you don't see a, a, a Jarmo Kekalainen move here.
1: Yeah, exactly. So was
0: a, it was a very bold. That was a bold play. I mean, you know, they had they had to know. I mean, you know, it's going to be uh, uh tough odds. You know, even if you do, you know, make the playoffs, okay. Right. You know, it's, it's hard to make it all the way. Uh That was a bold a bold play on their part. So you just you don't see the the Devils front office. uh uh doing that do you think that's because specifically because of shero or do you think that maybe the infusion of the uh of the hires they made with Dello and uh and matt kane I,
1: I think i think it's a combination of both i think that um i i don't want to i don't want to you know call what the columbus blue jackets did uncalculated because right, obviously they made a decision that they were going to go all in and they thought that this was going to be their year and i mean who who would have put the blues at winning the cup right so like i mean you know when you say, when you make the playoffs, anything can happen. Um, but I do think that Ray Shiro is a mastermind of cap space right. and trades and negotiations. I mean, like, you know, find me another GM that could pull off that Taylor Hall deal. Like, I mean, I mean, there's, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, you know who's on the other side of that deal and obviously that's why he doesn't have a job anymore. But um, you know, it, it's very interesting to watch him, you know, finagle and use cap space to his, to his advantage. But sooner or later, the devils are going to be, a team crunch for cap space. Right. And then yeah. it's going to be very interesting to see how he handles that. Right. Cause he's always had cap space to work with, yeah. but you know, what does he do when he doesn't have the cap space to work with? How does he, right. Cause he's on the other side of the deals that he always swindles people with. Right. So it's going to be very interesting to see, does he want to, does he want to make a run this year? Or does he want to say, okay, I know that some contracts are coming off the books next year. And I want to, you know, save that space to, to kind of bolster up the team for one more one more, you know, season of and eh, maybe we we not gonna make the playoffs this year. You know, we trade Taylor Hall, we get a bunch of assets for him. Um, and maybe next year is the year that we go all in. Um so I think it's gonna be very interesting to see where the Devils are standings-wise and point, you know, point production wise at the deadline, um, to kind of see what Ray Shiro has in mind. Um, you know, he's pulled deals that no one ever thought. Like, I mean, you're, you're sitting there in the off season, and all of a sudden PK Subban's the devil and Nikita Gusev's a devil. And like, it's just, you know, you know it was, it, it's exciting. Um, it's been very exciting, you know, and to, you know, have to have. Oh, the- and,
0: it, and, and that was on top of the, uh, of the drafts, you know, at the draft. Yeah, uh, right, right, exactly. It, I mean, that's just, I mean, trifecta, right?
1: Yeah, right. It's it's literally icing on top of a, of a perfect off-season cake. And, and you start o four and 2 and people mm-hmm. are like, oh, maybe maybe the Devils off-season wasn't as good as everyone said it was. Um, but I think that, you know, two wins, you have, you know, this five-day break for whatever reason because NHL scheduling is horrendous. But, um, you know, you come back and if you can string together a few more wins, people go, oh, you know, who, who remembers that 0 and 2 start? you know, I, they've started Oh four and two before. Right? I think it was like the 13, 14 season. They started Oh four and two. And you know, I, I don't remember if they made the playoff specifically, but you know, Oh four and two, it's only six games, right. It's not even 10% of the season, you know, yeah, so anything can happen. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see. where yeah, is. I,
0: I, I'm definitely, uh, it's, it's a team that before the season started, I very curious to see how this plays out because, you know, I, as I told you at a separate conversation, uh, you know, I, this is a team I had pegged uh, to make a, a a big jump. You know, in terms of the standings. Now, I'm not sure. I've I thought they were going to be a playoff team, but I thought this is a team that might just you know they could find themselves in a spot where they could be challenging in, in the in the metro. Which I, again, prior to the season, was looking at and thinking uh, well, that, there might be a, a, you know a free for all there. Um, so I, you know, it, it's a team that you know it does it, given the off they've had. The, the, the momentum, if you want to call that the, right. the, the excitement, it, it, you know, you, you this is not you're uh, this is not the, the devils of old. Uh, no, you, think, well, you know, Lamarella running the uh, running the show and slow and steady. And I, no, this is. I, I didn't know what to when 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 Shero took over the took the reins there. I I didn't know how this would play out. I don't think anybody did, but you know, I have it's been interesting to watch them kind of making splashes here yeah you know yeah
1: it's it's interesting right so i mean it, and it's a very it's a it's a good point you bring up right so it's very interesting to see people outside of our tiny metro area care about the devils and i think that's uh, i think that's kind of why the oh four and two start was propped up to be something that it wasn't um so you know two three years ago you make an oh four and two start does anyone care about the devils Nah, not really they're just you know <laughs> Uh, a a team in a very crowded market that has the Rangers, right? Like everybody that somebody cares that lives in this area or doesn't knows that the Rangers play in Madison square garden. Right. And, you know, I'll sit here and, you know, anger people by calling it the world's most famous train station. But, um, you know, like that is, that is the team that any relatively, relatively, you know, person that doesn't follow hockey or follows it very lightly knows. Right. Um, but now, you know, you watch the devils and, and they're on NHL network every night. And and obviously, you know, all the locals are still there, right. Cause it's in New Jersey, right. The NHL network set. So you have, you know, Ken Danico going on and Kevin Weeks going on and all these people going, Oh, look at all these moves the devils are making. And, and just the national media is picking it up and they start oh four four and two. And that oh four four and two start is propped up to be something that I hope isn't what the team is really capable of, um, but you know, you take a step back and you go, okay, is, is this team really an 04 and 2 team, or are they now this 2 4 and 2 team that you know starting to show some promise? And they come out of this bye week and they you know end up with two, three, four more wins in a row, and you know, you're all of a sudden you the 04 and 2 start is just yeah, you know, stuff happens, you know, you're playing with a bunch of new kids, you know, you have it, it, some it,
0: it's a transitional period, I mean, like yeah. you brought up, I mean, you have a player. Uh, Gusev, who's making his trend, he's making his way to the NHL. You know, he's, he's playing on, uh, uh, like you said, a surface that he's not normally used to. Yeah. Um, it's got that issue. It's his first year in the league. You've got a kid, like you said, right out of, uh, right out of the, uh, what is it, the national team, right? Yep. Uh, Jack Hughes, and, and playing against, well, I mean, men. You know, I mean, he played against college right. kids, but I mean, you're playing in the, in, in the best league in, in the world. And, uh, you have to take your. I know, I know. Yes, he was drafted first overall. But so, you know, like we, the parallel here, for a, you know, from a lightning perspective, is you look at Steven Stamkos' his rookie year. Yeah. Um, with, with Barry Melrose, <laughs> with, <laughs> games, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, you know, like it, it, it was. You have these high, this high bar and high expectation set, and you have to realize the kid, he's he's 18 years old, and uh, you know he's he's just trying to find his way right and, exactly and a really tough league and he could and i I'm, I'm sure there was a big sigh of relief i think i saw he got his first point the other uh, last week right
1: yep yeah so first and yeah, so then first goal right, right after that. Yeah.
0: you know so i mean they'll come it's going to come uh you know he's he's, he's he's you know nobody nobody was uh nobody missed on jack Hughes. that, that he's a phenomenal phenomenal talent so it's going to happen it's just you know how quickly you know yeah. that's you know that that's you know oh four and two start like you said. I mean maybe that's indicative of how the season will play out. Um, maybe not. You know, like there is so there's, it does create this you know must watch or must follow keep it keep tabs on. Exactly you know, what happens with this club.
1: And that's uh, that's a that's a nice breath of fresh air, right? To have yeah. people actually want to tune in and want to watch your team, right? And and because of that, you hope you can deliver on that promise of, oh, the Devils had a phenomenal offseason. Hopefully they can be the team that, you know, everyone wants to tune in and watch for. And they have national games, right? And they're they're on Wednesday Night Hockey. And P.K. Subban is in the intro of NBC Sports Network's, you know, player thing that you never, like, you watch it and you see, you know, Sidney Crosby. You see Stamkos and you see, you know, Kucherov and you see Lundqvist. And you're like, oh, where, why are there no Devils in that thing? I, I, we have Taylor Hall, and we have all these players, and, um, you know, you see, and and PK Subban is PK Subban, right? Like he is just a face for the camera, and we know that. And obviously, he's a phenomenal hockey player, but it's very nice for people to go, oh, PK, he plays for the Devils. I'm going to watch them because I love watching PK Subban play hockey. Right. Um, you know, and like I, I think you mentioned, I think I, I think the story of the Devils season is players having goals go in right like i mean I, you know you can sit here and tell me their you know expected goals from today till tomorrow and and you know it's we expected goals without a goal behind it is kind of an indication that you know they're so close and what and you know we've seen it before once one goes in all of a sudden a lot more start going in behind it like you know Wayne Simmons is second in expected goals on the devil
0: really talking about Simmons yeah that's right yeah,
1: yeah so like i mean yeah. you know you watch all these players that they sign and you know it, you just like all of a, like like Jack Hughes, right? You need that first one to go. And and all of a sudden all the dominoes start to fall and everyone starts putting them in the back of the net. And like I said, if you can get halfway decent goaltending between Schneider and Blackwood, I mean, you know, maybe this is it. Maybe this is a team that can make the playoffs. And I think well, it's just gonna be let's talk about that.
0: I mean sure. if there's the you know, like I said, with the, with the question marks a little bit, maybe on the defense, how good they can be. But you could say that they've made you know improvements there. It's not the, the patchwork of the past. Yeah. Uh, but goaltending is. It, I mean, how much confidence do you have in Blackwood? Because Schneider, uh, uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm uh, uh, a miss here, but it, it's not been pretty. The past few
1: so, years. Yeah, so I mean, you know, he's had a lingering groin injury. Um, so you know, it, it's been on and off. Um, you know, he gets thrown into, uh, splitting games with you know Brodor, right? Like, I mean, who can come in and perform well when you're splitting right. games with with Brodeur, right? Like, I mean, that's mm-hmm. you know, nobody can live up to what he did in net. Um, you know, and then he has a groin injury and then you're dealing with, um, you know, Kincaid who, who is phenomenal, right? Like, so Keith Kincaid led the devils into the playoffs, right? Two years ago, he is the only reason, obviously Taylor Hall's 90 something points, but, um, you know, from a goalie perspective, he is the reason that, um, you know, they were in the playoffs and, you know, now with Kincaid gone, um and Blackwood being you know whether it's the starter or you know whether the the Devils are just going to find the hot hand and roll with it um you know Corey Schneider is a very stand up guy so every post game no matter whose fault it was Corey Schneider is in there taking blame for the loss and you know he seems like one of those guys that um you know he's getting up there getting up there in age right like not old by any stretch of the imagination but getting up there in age and just a very humble guy where if Blackwood is the goalie that's going to Give them the wins. He will happily sit on that bench and get, you know, take his second half of back into get back to backs and, and you know, hop in there if they need him to play one night or if they, if you know, the the team says, hey, Corey, you're always good against this team. We're gonna play you tonight he seems like the guy that just does what's best for the team. And if it means that he can get a deep run into the playoffs and we, we saw it with the Capitals when they won the cup, right? You, you have a backup goaltender that plays, you know, a bulk of your games and your starting goaltender has is lights out in the playoffs. That can mean, that can mean some really good stuff for you. So I think, you know, you take a look back at some of the teams that have won recently and you say, okay, maybe it's not such a bad idea to not be doing, you know, 60, 20 or even 50, 30 splits. But if you have the ability to do 40, 40, and have your, you know, what you assume to be your starting goaltender be the team that you know you start in the playoffs, and you say, okay, I know, I, I know that no matter what happens, I have two goaltenders that can, you know, s- stand on their head and get me a win. Like, you know, Blackwood got them a one nothing win over the Canucks. Like right. that is that's wild. Like the Canucks have so much talent on their team for them to be shut out against, you know, a, like, you know, like we talked about a patchwork defense, and and Blackwood is just phenomenal. So so here's hoping that there is they find a good split, right? I, I still think it's a good 40 40 split, 41, 41, where, you know, if the devils do find that they're, you know, inching towards the playoffs, you have two relatively rested goaltenders that can um you know get you where you need to be. And and Blackwood's just interesting, right? He's a very, very big, broad goaltender. So, you know, you come up to him and he's filling most of the net. So um you know trying to find space to put that puck in behind him is is tough. Um, you know, and if your defense is halfway decent and being responsible and making sure that, you know, Blackwood's re- rebound control is tight, then, you know, I think it's, I think it's a very positive thing to look at for, at least for the future. Um, you know, sometimes the devil seem to luck into goaltenders. Um, but you know, Blackwood seems to be the real deal. Um, yeah, so I just,
0: just from afar, I, when I look at that roster, that's the spot where I, I just keep getting drawn to and I, mm-hmm. you know, that is the biggest question mark for me. And when I look at that, at that, at the goaltending situation there, yeah. uh, given, given how things have played out in the past few seasons. Uh, although Kincaid, you know, like you said, he did, it uh, was very, you know, uh, uh, performed very admirably for, for the Devils in the past few years. And, and uh, but still, like you just, you know, you, it was not your, your uh, uh, foundation moving right. forward. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see, again, as the team – I mean, Blackwood's fairly young, right? I mean, I I, I don't know. Uh, the, uh, 23,
1: I think. 23, yeah, so,
0: again, it would be interesting to see if he, uh, you know, t- yeah. maybe over time assumes a bigger role. Yep. Um, or, you know, earns more and more starts. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's, that's the one position I look at. Uh, I want to look at that roster, and I think, you know, that's so much of the season I feel like hinges on on that play. They yeah. get out of there. Now, I, I kind of wanted to kind of revert back to the forwards because we we talked about some of the exciting signings and things like that, or or the, the draft pick. Uh, but I, I, there are some depth players that have have intrigued me the past couple of seasons. Or depth is maybe not the right term, <laughs> but uh, a player, especially that that's just kind of I I just like the way he plays, Miles Wood. Okay. Um, <laughs> You know, I what I don't know what to make him of exactly. I don't see him enough, you know, with the with the eyes here, but uh, he's a player that just kind of get. There's a I was talking to uh, a couple other people recently, and each team seems to have a player too, that I just, I, I just get drawn to. He on the Devils, you know, obviously you've got Taylor Hall mm. still on the show there for the past right. couple of weeks, but Miles Wood just what is it about this guy?
1: So um, his speed is unmatched, but the problem is that uh, Miles Wood can skate. He can go from zero to 60 very quickly, but he does not know it has stop. And uh, unfortunately that is, it's just like, it's such a, th- it's such like a minor thing that like, Oh, you know, who cares as long as you can put the puck in the back of the net. But, um, you know, I was talking. to I forgot. I was, I was talking to one of the, the the beat reporters on Twitter the other day, and we were talking about how I, I I just think I tweeted out. I said, if I told you that Miles Wood led the goal, led the team in uh individual expected goals and expected goals per sixty, would you believe me? And like, because Miles Wood is getting dunked on by every single person on Devils Twitter. Why why is Miles Wood still playing? Like, you know, he doesn't do anything. And I understand, right? Like, you know. Sometimes analytics can only be as good as you know. You still have to kind of watch and put them into context. So, you know, obviously he gets a lot of high danger chances because he can speed down the ice and, and get into the high danger area. Um, but he still needs to he, he still needs to put the puck in the back of the net. And I think that's kind of what Devils fans are dunking on him for is great. You can skate really fast, and that's really good. But you also need to to finish, and um, you know, it's just. I don't think it's I don't think his play is where it needs to be yet um, you know and I think I think a lot of it, it's going to come down to as well is you know we- can you put him, you know, in a on a line where he has a chance to succeed? And I think that's gonna be I think that's gonna be the devil's like make or break this year, is is can you take these players, right? Like these players that are um, you know, have skill but may not be able to finish all of the time. Can you put them on an a line where they have the ability to sync up with other players that have the ability to finish, right? Like Miles Wood can get the puck down the ice and he can get mm-hmm. down the ice with the puck very fast, but does he have the ability to not shoot the puck and maybe drop past it to someone that's coming up behind him and, you know, screen the goalie and figuring out, Mm -hmm. okay, the goalie thinks I'm going to shoot because I'm speeding down the ice. And, you know, he, he's a fun player to watch Miles Wood, but, you know, sometimes it's, a, it's frustrating on the other end because Miles Wood doesn't put the puck in the back of the net. So, um, yeah, I mean, so I definitely understand his appeal from people that, um, you know, just watch the, you know, just you tune into a Devil's game and you see some guy flying down the ice that <laughs> can probably keep sure. up with Connor McDavid, right? Like, I mean, Miles Wood is very fast, but, you know, the difference is Connor McDavid has control over the puck and he's putting it in the back of the net 99 times out of 100. Um, you know, where Miles Wood himself is going into the back of the net. Um, 99 times out of a hundred. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. He is a, definitely a fun player to watch. Um, and I definitely understand the appeal from someone that just like throws the games and go, Oh you know, I, I know that guy. He's really fast. He's, he right. must be like, you know, be able to you know make time and space. But, um, you know, I think his, I think his hockey skill, just you know, his hockey sense—maybe uh, a better term—I think his hockey sense just needs to be better than um, you know, better than it is today. And, and I think he's getting there. I do think that um, you know, it's just going to be very interesting to see how he, um, you know, blossoms, for lack of a better term, but how, you know, what what he can become, right? I think if he has um, the Devils actually just brought on a new skills coach, so hopefully, um, you know, uh, PK was tweeting the other day that he's working with the skills coach on a very particular like. Power play shooting from the point skill, like something that he feels like he could be better at. So, there's a lot of you know hope that bringing in a very specific skills coach can teach players like the minute skills that they need to succeed that they may not get from you know just a regular old practice where you just have the coach running you know drills on the ice. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see if his play evolves over the season. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely think that he, I think that he has the skill. I think he just needs to put the skill on the ice right like i think he can be a player that's putting up 30 points a season um you know it's just a matter of can he you know can he get there like 2 years ago during the playoff run he did put up 30 he put up 32 points but um can he be a consistent 30 point scorer right and i think if you get that out of miles wood then you're you're very satisfied with that you know with with what he brings to the team
0: well there's another player too that that's maybe a little mm-hmm. strikes me as kind of a not jack of all trades is the right term, but uh, is it Blake Coleman? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, he's a, he's an interesting little runt on the ice, yeah. uh, but he seems a- effective. You know, he just I, I I'm I'm sure there's you know I get I don't see as much uh, hmm. double hockey as you do, but he is, again another one of those players that kind of just catches my eye. He seems to be in the right place. He seems to be hounding the puck. He seems to be. On the uh, and at both ends of the ice, he's on the puck. I mean, it just the guy seems everywhere,
1: yeah. So, Bl- Blake Coleman is, is, you know, a very, very big steal for the Devils, right? So, he signed in two uh, last year uh, for 1.8 million a year. Um, so to have a 1.8 million dollar player that can do all of the things that. Blake Coleman does is kind of the reason that people start bringing up this Taylor Hall conversation again, right? Like Blake Coleman is not going to be a $1.8 million player again. When you go to resign him, Um, he's obviously going to ask more and he deserves of more. Um, So like he put up 36 points last season and he scored, I want to say, yeah, three shorthanded goals. So he is all over the ice, right? I mean, 17 minutes a night in all situations. and, And, you know, it's just, it's, it's phenomenal to watch him play. Like you said, he never gives up on a play. He's always on the puck, right? Like, I mean, his goal from the, from the beginning of the season was all over, It was, you know, it was on SportsCenter, right? Like, I mean, how many times are hockey plays on SportsCenter and, you know, you, you look at it and you go, okay, this, this kid has, is something else. And he just, he's always, he's always trying to make the right play and always trying to be in the right place. And definitely someone that's, very interesting to watch someone that you, you respect his game. You know, you respect all of the things that he does, right. The intangibles, the putting the body on people, being at the right place at the right time, uh, you know, making open space for other players to succeed. And, and, you know, it's just, it, it really is incredible. Like, you know, to watch him day in and day out, just, you know, when the penalty kill is clicking and he's out there, like people always get aggravated when he takes a penalty because, you know, you're losing one of your best penalty killers. So, yeah. um you know, it's it's very interesting to watch him play. I think he's going to be, you know, uh, I think he's going to be a player that demands a lot more than one point eight million dollars. Um You know, so it's it's interesting to take a look at all these players that the Devils have, to your point, and, and figure out, you know, what are they worth to, to the organization and and who who fills their gap, right? Like, you know, Travis Ajak, one of the best devils, you know, I mean, still, I mean, my personal opinion, one of the best devils ever play the game, right? Like, obviously, he's not gonna lead the team in a lot of stats, but every time he steps on the ice, you know something good is gonna come of his play. And there's a lot of people that just can't replace some of the stuff that he provides. And you see a lot of that in Blake Coleman, right? Like, if he if the Devils can't afford whatever he asks for, and granted he make he makes one point eight now, um you know let's say he makes three and a half when he resigns, not that that's a a giant increase in cap space, but and obviously the cap goes up year over year, and his cap percentage may be a little bit lower, but. You know you have to think about do is, is Blake Coleman someone that I want to keep around and what do I have to get rid of to to make sure he stays around? Um, but I do think that he's very valuable to this organization. I think he's very valuable to the roster and I think that he's somebody that plays um, you know uh, somebody that needs to be on the ice in, in almost every situation. I think he is you know I think he's just a phenomenal player. And I think that more people should pay pay attention to his game um you know then probably do um but i could say that about a lot of the people on double. i think that i think there's a lot of talent that's kind of uh, sheltered for lack of a better term i think there's a lot of talent that's hidden on this team um and kind of that's kind of why i'm more glad than anything that the team is kind of getting national exposure i think there's a lot of um players that kind of just deserve more spotlight right players that Play a really good game, but because we're in a crowded market, don't get the recognition right. that they deserve. And Overpassed, and you know yeah. you know like uh, you know like we talked about before, Nico Heistra signed a seven by seven. And you know if that's on any other large market team, you take a look at and okay, okay, he didn't score a lot of points, but you know that you're banking on him being a seventy point player. And I, I forget who I, I was listening to one of my Devils podcasts the other day, and um, someone was saying that you know if you if you think about contracts, you're looking at a good contract like. A, for a relatively decent player, you're looking at about 10 points for a million dollars if they're a forward, right? So if you look at Nico and you're getting 70 points out of him and you're talking about 80 to 90 points out of Jack Hughes and, you know, if you decide to keep Taylor Hall around, like this team, the sky's the limit for them. Um, so you just have to worry about, you know, what do you do for depth players and how do you make sure that you have all right. the pieces that you need to have to have a successful season and not just, um, you know, one or two really good top lines and you have to worry about do you get pinned in when you throw your fourth line out there? And I think that's kind of what the Devils need to have a better understanding of um, and, and just have – and make the coach prove it. Make John Hines say, I can roll four lines that are going to do what you need them to do in their specific right, you know, situation, that they're, and there's a reason that they're out there to do what they're out there to do.
0: Yeah. No, it, it's uh, – you know, like I just brought these players up, these uh, uh, forwards up, because – you know, you a couple again watching the Devils a couple years ago. It was just painfully acute, that, uh, painfully obvious that uh the, the team was just so top heavy. You know, it was so reliant on on Taylor Hall uh, yep. to to produce, and 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 you know that yes, they were. You had guys could help with killing penalties and things like that, but it, to get to get over the hump, you know, it was all Taylor, Taylor, Taylor. But mm. now you're looking at this roster, and you know you could. You, know, you got you got some pieces here and yeah. you know and, and it's again it's just a very it's a transitional period like you like you know we've been talking about uh the, the I think there's some brighter days ahead as again with with more uh, picks accumulated more uh, uh, more pick players drafted is probably in somewhat higher spots um you know there's this again depending what the return if you maybe you do move a Taylor Hall, but yep. uh, there's, it's just really, I mean, there's multiple paths. This could play out, you yeah, know, absolutely. The success can come earlier, maybe it's delayed for a season or two, but uh, you know, it's just kind of like, again, from afar, I, I, I feel like the, this org has turned a corner and that's, you know, it's, it is kind of exciting in a way as a hockey fan, uh fan of the NHL, where a team that, you know, again, from an outside perspective, uh, a team that just kind of, law for a long time. Yeah, and now is now is like okay. They're they got some stuff going. They got some good things happening, and I think a lot of people around the league are are really beyond myself. Obviously, <laughs> a lot of people in other markets are really interested to see where this uh, where this shakes out. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for you know some good progress, some good coverage, and and you know uh, people uh, just paying more attention. I guess paying more respect for right. Like you know, obviously everyone demands respect, but having people just pay attention to the people who, who Devils fans, I guess, opinion is are underrated or underrepresented in the league. Um, You know, and just making sure that they get the recognition that they deserve. Right. You know, like, they, they know what they're getting into playing in a crowded market. um, You know, and they know the Devils are probably, um, you know, just as low on the, on the totem pole as the Islanders, right? Like you have the Rangers all the way at the top and then the Devils and Islanders are tied at the bottom. But um, you know, I do think to your point, they've turned a corner, Hopefully, right. Like, I mean, you know, we don't have a lot of as many problems as the Islanders have, at least we have a home to play in and, you know, it's hopefully they can, um, you know, they can turn a corner and, and have some, you know, national exposure. Uh, People respect them for, for what their play is. And, you know, hopefully have a deep playoff run sooner or later, because that would be, be very nice. So.
0: Well, I I have to ask this because uh, you brought up the Islanders here, Uh, given the the tri-state area there. uh, So what is, what is that dynamic like? I mean, you know, I mean, the Devils. Like you know, you, the organization there. You, you've got some success, obviously. You could point to, and so, certainly the Islanders. You can look back into the eighties, and uh, but uh, what's this? What's this like? I mean, you got the Big Apple there. You've got the mm. Rangers. I'm sure casting a big shadow. Is which rivalry is fiercer?
1: So it, it's interesting. So I I've always found right, and and this could just be my personal opinion, but I've always found that kind of Devils and Islanders fans team up against the uh, Rangers. Um, like I, I feel like the Rangers are so held to a so high on a pedestal that the other two teams in the market are just like, oh well, you know, let's just let's team up and let's just be better than them. So right. if there are, you know, so like I mean, Prudential Center because it's relatively. Inexpensive Devils games are still, you know, obviously you're not in Manhattan, so you're not paying top dollar for those tickets. So, um, you know, when the Devils do play the Rangers, there are, you know, Rangers fans, you know, clogging up the seats because it's relatively inexpensive to go, but, um, it's definitely, it's definitely a very fun rivalry. The, you know, the, the locale of it is, is phenomenal. Um, but I do think that, I do think that Islanders fans kind of just like team up with us, right? Like, I, I really don't have too much beef with Islanders fans. I think that, right. um, they, they kind of like see where we're coming from, right? Like in a big market, you know, there's there really only is going to be one big fish. And I think that, um, you know, I, I think that the Rangers are now that they're kind of, I want to, I don't want to say finishing up their rebuilds because I think they, they have a lot of, you know, steps to make, but it's kind of good to be away from that microscope a little bit where, you know, you have Panarin signing for, you know, a ridiculous amount of money. And, and were there, I mean, the question is, were the Rangers ready to sign him? Right. Like, were they in a position where they felt they
0: can. Well, it's not even just uh, Panarin. I mean, they big, a big move there with Truba. Yep. You know, another huge financial commitment. So, I mean, that was, you're right. It's kind of the timing might've again from an outs outside perspective, might have seemed kind of odd. Like, you know, you're, you, do you really yes, yeah yeah I, I it definitely raised eyebrows i mean it raised right.
1: mine yeah um uh, but but yeah so no the the rivalry the rivalry is definitely fun um it is it is you know sometimes it gets a little out of hand but it is definitely fun to have a a rival so close where every time you have a rivalry game and you go into your building you know that there's going to be a decent amount of um you know players from that other team there for ready for you to you know go back and forth with and and there's not there really is nothing better than being at one of those games in a close game where you're whether you're tied going into <coughs> where you're tied going into overtime or you know you're you're either, or I mean, obviously it's, it's never fun to be blown out the other direction, but if yeah. you're blowing them out and you see them leaving and you heckle them on the way out, I mean, it, it's, it's fun, right? Obviously, you know, no one's trying to be, you know, over the top, but it's always fun to be, to have that rivalry in the building. And you know, that every time a rivalry game comes up, you're going to have that rivalry in person. It's yeah. definitely fun. Um, You know, sometimes a little nerve wracking because the devils have, like you said, have been kind of blah for a few years and the Rangers have always had their number, but you know, it's now that, you know, and they have, you know, it's one versus two. Every time the Devils play the Rangers this season, it's going to be Hughes versus Kako. And and the narrative is not going to stop. I mean, these kids are going to be in the NHL for a very long time. So um, the rivalry is fun. It's it's definitely fun to know that every time you go to one of those games, you're going to have that rivalry, you know, just you know, right in your face. So it's, it's definitely... It, it's it's something that's very difficult to kind of like put into perspective because it really is no other place like that where you have so many teams clobbered
0: together in, in such a close vicinity. So well, maybe um, they can put another team in in Hamilton. Yeah. You yeah. <laughs> know, <I'm> joking. <Yeah. laughs> that's just what Ontario needs. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, take a, hey Matt, a it's more been piece. fantastic. Uh, yeah, absolutely man. Uh, Thanks talking for having me on. devil's hockey and and I, I look forward to you know collaborating with you uh, yeah, on some, some some projects, and uh, certainly enjoy following along with your your bot on Twitter and and knowing when uh, he sure hits the stat sheet at Hughes and whatnot. Yeah. And and uh, I I would love to do this again at some point. We'll kind yeah, of we'll- you know touch base again and and uh, maybe after some uh, a couple months here and see where the Devils are at that at that point.
1: Yeah, so let's see. Uh, you know, I would definitely, uh, definitely like to do it. Let's see if they, uh, maybe, maybe we can do some type of playoff preview show. If the, uh, if the Devils get, oh that yeah, far. we'll,
0: we we'll, we'll <sighs> find. Uh, and I, and I, and I believe with this setup here, uh, I believe I can have more than than one guest too. So maybe we can get like a little a round table of sorts um, going. That'd be quite some fun. fun. So thank you so much for your time, yeah. Matt. So
1: I will I will congratulate you on your win,
0: uh, Lightning. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, you, I brain did brain. I didn't mention that I did check over a few minutes back and I I saw the last minute victory right, yeah. uh, power it's, play goal. It's always, I, always, of course on the power play. Yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: It, always always <laughs> nice when they win. So uh, so I'll I'll sign off with uh, with a little nice little congratulations. It's always it's always nice to go to bed with a with a victory <laughs> hanging over your head.
0: Absolutely. Well, I, I know you're looking forward to just seeing them in action again after this yeah. uh this layover. So
1: thanks, I appreciate it.
0: Thank you as always for listening. And if you want to get in on the app, you can visit www.anchor.fm slash nets dash and dash bolts to leave a voice message with your take or question or just send it to me. And if you really like the show, please consider subscribing to and sharing it if you haven't already. Adios.